Welcome to Conversations. I'm Charles. And I'm Pat. And here we are at the much-talked-about and uh, much-previewed Star Wars Celebration Chicago 2019 episode and our reactions and everything that surrounds that topic. Yeah, we were quite busy. Uh, I think we mentioned that in a previous episode that we were planning and and getting ready and just kind of... um avoiding our uh, podcast responsibilities for sake of this trip. So here we are. We're at the end of it now, but we're going to kind of recap our entire experience to let you guys in on what we went through and uh, how much we enjoyed it. Right. And the reason why we were so busy was the cosplay that we did. When we planned out what we were going to do, we had some lofty goals. and um, Yeah, that was like, Last June or July, we right. nailed down our um, our daily uh, cosplay plans and just kind of settled in on, on which characters we wanted to uh, cosplay as and then got to work on getting them done. Right. And, you know, we bought a few pieces here and there that we couldn't really easily make, um, such as like Jedi robes that were just sort of easier to get all as an assembly and got some core pieces and really started working on essentially, well, five, if you want to count the t-shirts, five different days, sorry, five different cosplays for each of the five different days of the Star Wars celebration and that and all the work surrounding that and up until literally 3.30 the morning of our flight, I was still working on um, on Kit Fisto's headpiece and uh, hours before leaving on a plane to head to Chicago. <laughs> I'm glad that paint dried. Yes, that, that was quite fortunate. Um, so yeah, so why don't you talk about the the lineup that we did? Yeah, well, we started out. We wanted to do um, some Jedi, obviously, at a Star Wars convention. You want to do Jedi, so we went with Obi Wan Kenobi uh, from the Clone Wars era and Qui Gon Jinn. So uh, Charles needed to. Uh, Get a nice wig for that one. But uh, we pulled it off nicely. And um, as you'll be able to see on our website, there's actually a clip of us from Good Morning America in those outfits uh, waiting to get into the convention floor. Yeah, that was pretty exciting. That was an early morning. And um, and for reasons we'll get into in a few minutes about the lottery, uh, we were in the sort of the general waiting area. And we just happened to get there early enough. We were in line and we're further up the line and when Good Morning America came there they were doing some live spots and and they dragged us out of where right. we were to pull, pull us, us up yeah. to yeah. where they were filming there wasn't a huge amount of people cosplaying that early in the morning so we stood out and we were right along a railing and uh, they called us up towards where they were and um, we even got interviewed by WGN, which is the, the Chicago-based news, um, news site. I couldn't find anything online about that. but So we were sort of already in the eye of them, so it was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that uh, definitely panned out for us. Uh, then that was on Friday, uh, as Charles had said previously, on preview day Thursday, we had made some Windu City shirts um, with the... Conversations logo on them uh, to kind of uh, get the get the word out and and legitimize our uh, our our podcast making and um, so then that brings us to Saturday which led us to our um, Hondo Onaka 
and Cad, Cad Bane. Bane. Right, Cad yeah. Bane. And those were, I mean, if anything, we, you know, we had a good day on Friday and people enjoyed what we did. But uh, it was more of a, you know, we sort of blended in with everybody else. There were, uh, you know, obviously just huge amounts of Jedi and various sort of states of dis- detail from literally off the rack just Jedi robes and then other ones with a lot more detail and very impressive uh, pieces. And uh, so we were sort of there and we just sort of saw it and, you know, people enjoyed it. But it was nothing as much as we saw on Saturday. First of all, Pat got to knock it out of the park with his Hondo and uh, his outgoing uh, nature and interacting with the people. And it was, just, it was unbelievable how people reacted to that character and how we did it and how... Uh, the pieces we put together and how awesome it, it did really did look, and the reactions were just spectacular. Yeah, uh, we had we had seen another cosplayer dressed as Hondo, and she she had done a great job on the look. But I think what most people appreciated about our interpretation was the um, the dedication to the character on screen. Uh, if you don't know who Hondo Onaka is, he was voiced in the Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels by Jim Cummings, who's world-renowned in voice acting. Uh, he did the, he did Winnie the Pooh for many, many years, as well as several other Disney and non-Disney characters. Uh, but he he made the character hilarious and just brash, and he's he's a pirate, and he's he's just so much fun. And I think that we were able to kind of convey that to to the fans of Hondo and really give them a uh, a, a unique opportunity to uh, interact with Hondo. And uh, Cad Cad Bane doesn't doesn't say much. He's uh, kind of the uh, tall, silent type, but uh, he came off really good as well. Yeah, he shoots first and doesn't ask questions at all. <laughs> right. Um, so <laughs> there was plenty of opportunity for. Uh, Cad to be the the foil of uh, Hondo's uh, uh, barbs, which again made people laugh, and you know that was half the fun. Like Pat said, was that the, half the fun seeing people's reaction and, and and the quotes and meeting some people who were just blown away by uh, by the uh, uh, the sound and the voice and uh, just it was it was really really cool. And that was our our introduction to what we were going to see for the rest of the weekend of what we had put together, and that was a really nice experience. Yeah, so then that brings us to Sunday. And Sunday we again went with Jedi, but we put an interesting twist on it. We basically wanted to go with Alien Jedi. And I really, much like Dave Filoni, uh, have a a certain gravity towards Plo Koon, who, interestingly enough, was voiced by James Arnold Taylor in the Clone Wars um, series and uh, we love James we'll get to him in a bit but um so he voiced Plo Koon and and I always kind of thought he looked interesting and and he was a great pilot and everything so I said I definitely want to do some Plo Koon and uh so who do we who do we go with to pair up nicely with Plo so we need another another sort of unique looking alien and we went with Kit Fisto right so then Charles was able to um to cosplay as Kit Fisto with an incredibly detailed headpiece that took uh, the lion's share of our cosplay time uh, between sculpting the pieces, fitting them properly, covering them and painting them. 
it was quite a bit of a process, but um, the end result is was outstanding. Um, I'll let you kind of uh, explain the reactions to your character as well. Right. Well, first I want to say, uh, you know, as the the many listeners that we have <laughs> will know. All four of you. Yes. Uh, will know that my depth of knowledge of Star Wars and not just Star Wars, but let's say Rebels and the Clone Wars, which I still haven't watched, all that kind of stuff. Pat's depth of knowledge for that allowed us to get into these pairings. And one of the things that we consistently heard uh, on the weekend was not only the fact that we went with these characters, but the pairings of them. And um, that was great. And, and so Kit and Plo was a great, uh, was a great uh, example of that. And uh, yeah, Kit Fisto, of course, if you're not familiar, is the sort of alien, the sort of reptilian alien, has the uh, Medusa-like um, snake um, uh, tentacles coming off his head down to a point. The construction of it in the foam was really complicated to wrap them, uh, to then to secure them and uh, to paint them became sort of a trial of errors. And literally, that was that's what I was working on at three o'clock in the morning. Uh, on Wednesday, just a couple of days, a few days ago, uh, figuring out uh, that I needed to go to uh, Walmart to get a spray can to finish the job. And uh, we fin- I finished painting it here uh, in Chicago <laughs> with a paintbrush um, the morning, the night of, actually. The night and before the day. So that was really complicated. And I had full, basically half my face was covered in uh, dark green, it's basically camo green um, uh, face cream makeup. And uh, but it really did turn out well. I had because I haven't done these a lot. I had a lot of sort of uh, anxiety, but also um, self-conscious about how this looked. And but the reaction to it was just uh, you know f- phenomenal. Um, it was really really spectacular of how people loved it. And we met people who uh, one guy who had played Kit Fisto at Celebration Star Wars Celebration weekends way back when and he was a cast member and played it and he was in Disney World in Disney World and yes. hadn't seen anybody do, do Kit Fisto since he played it and he was sitting with his friends along a wall and we were walking by and he like jumped up and said oh my god I can't believe it he goes so close he took a picture with me and Pat as Plo of course and then he wanted a picture just with Kit because it meant that much to him this was like a 35 year old guy and uh, that was really it was touching to a certain degree. Yeah, and and in addition, in addition to that, a lot of people came up and said, "Oh my gosh, you two are are some of my favorite Jedi, and I haven't seen any, you know, like you so far." Um, and this was day three, the end of day three. So you know, to to be able to bring those characters because you know the the five hundred first and the Rebel Legion are are fantastic and will. We'll talk about them a little bit as well, but uh, they they don't seem to represent those characters the way that a lot of fans would like to see them. So for us to be able to do that was was not only fun for us and and a welcome challenge to really make that from essentially nothing mm-hmm. and turn it into you know a pretty screen accurate representation was was satisfying for us but then it was also satisfying for a lot of the people that that came across our paths because they they were looking some of them were looking for these characters and then when they found us they they were just so satisfied it was it was pretty neat right so then sunday yeah then sunday okay well um or wait 
That was Sunday. That was Sunday. Yeah. All right. So yeah. now that it's Monday, um, Monday was Dapper Droid Day. Uh, I had seen a a um, painting of well, it was two paintings. One was C three PO with a top hat and a and a um, sort of uh, a suit. And the other was Chewbacca, very similarly dressed, but he had a monocle. And it was just, it was, it was kind of a comedic approach to the characters and um, very, like, sepia-toned images that, that were just really neat and, um, and got me thinking about the, the dapper droids and, and how C-3PO is so proper and, and couth that um, he would he would be dressed up and he would most likely have a top hat. So, so what we ended up doing was um, a pairing of C-3PO and R2-D2. And we did, um, you know, a, a, a bowler hat for R2 with the silver, of course, with the details and the light and, and the, uh, the eyepiece on it. And, um, and sort of more subtle accents to the to the uh, outfit, uh, blue bow tie and suspenders, and um, a really cool belt buckle um, that um, we had uh, designed and 3D printed. And um, so those are all up on the uh, Conversations website, if you're curious. Um, if not, eh, don't worry about it. So, um, <laughs> and then uh, C-3PO, uh, we figured, how do we, how do we convey him other than a gold suit and the top hat? And we got a set of of um, steampunk goggles uh, around Halloween time and um, figured a uh, wire-clad cummerbund would really do the trick. And, um, and Charles had the brilliant idea of painting one of the legs silver and, and one shoe dyed silver. And um, it really came out pretty spectacularly again today. Um, Several people came up to us. A lot of the droid builders uh, drove their droids right up to. Well, their droids came up to us and um, started beeping and whistling and and making all sorts of commotion. It was it was a pretty neat thing to see and and be a part of. Yeah, and doing the two droids, of course, sort of the the uh, the two one of the some of the two <laughs> characters that are in all the movies. Uh, and I could see the, the parents' faces light up because they are so accessible and so front and center. But I also saw the twinkle in the kids' eyes that could actually see, oh, there's the gold one or there's the short one R2-D2. And it's very uh, easy to remember. And those were sort of, you know, some really cool pieces of it too, like seeing all those the different age gaps that were uh, reacting to the droids. Uh, and we all again this was my day to take front and center on the uh the characterizations and then our interactions uh with the fans and uh one of the other interviews you'll hear um or you have heard sorry uh in uh, in the other one where um he had mentioned that he would just love to follow us the entire day and just record our back and forth because when we were in line we were in character and just going and back and forth the way R2-D2 and, and C-3PO do, and uh, people were just laughing. It was just fun. Now, now if, you, if you haven't seen it, um, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost oh, right. do a clip uh, when they were on the set of the movie Paul where they film the tattooing scene between R2 and C-3PO in A New Hope. Uh, if you haven't seen it, you need to see it. Uh, basically, we kind of took that 
idea of um, of how it's such a volatile relationship <laughs> between the two of them, and and it, there's there's some heated exchanges in in that video that we we kind of wanted to to somewhat employ um, and. <laughs> Oh, it was inspired. Oh, by, yes. For sure. Inspired oh, yes. by them. Absolutely. And, and you know, it, 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 I think, came across brilliantly for a lot of folks. Um, we were doing, uh, asked to, to, to partake in several photos and just some of the antics that a lot of the people were expecting a photo and they got so much more. <laughs> yeah. And people were actually taking video. There was three, three cases of people. Um, we were standing there and interacting with each other and a throng of people literally like three or four people would would gather once they saw that we were stopping and three times um people stopped us and i i could see them motioning to me and to pat we're like we're taking video of like do your like do the do a little show <laughs> do the thing do the thing <laughs> so we'd actually then get into a little back and forth of uh sort of getting each other's way and and uh uh, it was just it was it was a really nice feeling of of uh, being able to bring that kind of happiness and seeing a lot of the reactions on Facebook from not just from us but I mean in general where uh, people are so happy with their experience in, in celebration and a great first time or great fifth time whatever it is and I honestly feel that we had a little part of that when with the people that we did speak to or we interacted with they left with smiles which was great. Yeah, and so much of the experience, as as you've heard from the previous uh, interviews in the podcast, uh, so much of the experience is from the interactions with fans, the conversations, the the cosplay, the props and sets that are built. It's it's so fan oriented, and to kind of interact on that level, you know, it helps to helps to. I don't want to say improve everyone's experience mm. but um but it certainly adds to it and um makes it more memorable yeah, yeah and it and it really kind of gives them a u- unique memory yes. <laughs> to of uh <laughs> of the trip as well so um yeah it was really really cool to not only again see it come to fruition from from being in our minds to 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 being on our on our bodies and and showcased for eighty thousand of our closest friends, right. um, but to also elicit that sort of response from many of the people there, right? And you know, it was a huge labor of love to get all these things done. It was weekends and nights, and you know, Pat and I would get together with our families and, and mornings and mornings and <laughs> um, get together with our families, and we'd have a dinner together, and then we'd go off and work on what we needed to work on. And this went on for months and, you know, we'd send photos back and forth to each other for input and suggestions and construction and learning curve and this didn't work, that worked, this would be great. Simple little changes that really, uh, you know, the attention to details and that's what Pat's great about is like the sort of the visualization of how that would work and taking a turn on one little piece would make a huge difference. And then keeping in mind that we had to bring all this with us to Chicago in suitcases. Um, which, to Chicago. To Chicago. Yes. So, How many times have you been to Chicago? Uh, twice. I've actually come here before, like okay. for, uh, for a work thing. Yes, you, um, were, you were here. Yeah, at, like at McCormick. McCormick. Yes. Yeah. So I, I had been here once before to this city, but not 
to hear. Okay. So, you know, again, speaking of family, um, shout out to my wife, Kelly, who has, um, we call her Kalea yeah. because she is our princess. Um, so she was able to secure our hotel room and, and orchestrate pretty much every step of the way of this this Star Wars mecca, if you will. And, um, you know, being so close was such a privilege to be able to, you know, take breaks, especially you in the, in the cat outfit, yeah. and, um, and uh, just kind of regroup and, and make sure everything was, was on point. And we... The other morning, it snowed pretty significantly, and um, we didn't have to brave the elements. Everything was connected to the convention center, so we were able to get in, get out, stay inside, and not risk any sort of weather-related damage to, to all of our hard work. Or having to wear a coat. Which would just sort of really completely ruin the look and feel of anything we were wearing. Yes, this is, this is also true. Um, yeah, so, you know, everything, everything being set up the way it was really made any and all of this possible because we would not have been able to do even half or a quarter of what we were able to do had we not had such a great setup. Right. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll continue with our uh, thoughts on the entire celebration experience. Be right back. Has the Empire seized your moisture farm? Has the Empire reprogrammed your droids without your knowledge? Has the Empire taken your speeder? Well, you're in luck. I'm Mondo Onaka of Onaka and Melch, attorneys at law. We'll get what you deserve from the Empire. And you'll get something, too. Okay, so uh, we're back from our short break. The next part of celebration that I guess a lot of people were super excited about were the panels. Up until this event, no one knew anything about Episode 9 until... Except that it was Episode 9. So on Friday, they did the... um, they dropped the trailer and did the panel. Now, I know that in the past we have said that we are um, rumor and speculation free. So we will remain rumor and speculation free. But we got to see the panel and we got to see the trailer. Right. And we, and talk we have about a name. It. We do have a movie. name. Right. Um, but we're spoiler free as well. So we're not going to... Um we're not going to go and uh, unless you, and to, in case you haven't seen it, um, and if you haven't seen it, go see it. Right, it's really <laughs> worth it. And uh, there's already 22 million views on the actual trailer on YouTube since uh, since it dropped on Friday. But that was obviously the episode nine panel was was uh, was really really cool. And we you know we didn't see it live. We saw it as a stream um, yes. in the uh, in the main uh, Star Wars show uh, live stage. Yes, they do. Um, they there's. There are apparently city ordinances in Chicago where you can't congregate or loiter um, before daytime. So overnight queuing was not going to be an option. So the um, organizers had set up a lottery system for the, for the main panels of each day. Uh, we had entered the lotteries and not won. 
which is pretty typical uh, in terms of me and lotteries. So uh, <laughs> I was I was none too surprised. However, um, you know, with the live streams, we were still able to see them in real time. Right. And there were some that weren't streamed, uh, which sometimes was kind of, you know, a bummer because it would have been great maybe to see the Rebels one. Rebels remembered there was one. Um, but there was so much going on at the shows that there really wasn't a minute where you didn't have an opportunity to be entertained, whether it was, uh, like we said before, the uh, Star Wars show uh, that uh, was there and they had live they had live, uh, live interviews. Feeds. Yeah, and live feeds. Several times throughout yeah. the day. And on the day of, for example, on the day of the episode nine panel, uh, that was in the morning or 10 o'clock or whatever it was, 11 o'clock. Um, later that afternoon, uh, Dave Filoni and... Uh, and and Jay-Z yeah, and, and John J.J. Boyega. Abrams, all these people showed up on the Star live Wars stage. show live stage, which is an extremely intimate uh close encounter i mean it's it the stage the that they built this really cool looking empire uh, uh sort of uh, death star death empire star, yeah. um uh, stage was maybe uh 10 12 feet across and of course whatever 25 30 feet long whatever it was but then there was a short barrier and then it was sort of like the mosh pit at a, as i call it the yeah. where you're standing there watching these people within you know two or three and you arms could length. reach you could yeah. you could you could high five them right if, if they, they reached down, down and you reached up you could literally touch that's how close they were and it was almost a more intimate experience than mm-hmm. uh, being in the arena which was across the street to go and see the stream so or the live event actually so there was a lot to do in and around the um, the panels even though we won none of the lotteries and some people were lucky enough to win four. Yeah, but uh, go, going back to that stage setup that they had, um, there are Belgian and German fans that, that build sets, and they had built these sets. There's several sets that, that we'll you know, hopefully be able to talk about at some point. Um, and the, the stage was the Death Star set that was built by the um, German prop builders, and they had these really great sort of, um, uh, I guess almost like crate-looking um, uh, box-like chairs and, and couches that were built by Belgian prop makers. And uh, so they conducted all the interviews on these very Star Wars-y chairs and couches, which was really very neat to see. And, and like Charles had said, it's very, very intimate. They are there just, you know, high-fiving fans and, and shooting out um, T-shirt bazookas at, <laughs> at people and just, uh, just, just a laid-back, really fun sort of experience. So um, being able to catch those streams on that stage and then interacting with the hosts and then some of the stars was, right. was just really cool. And surrounding this central stage, the, the Star Wars uh, show live stage, were all the booths and exhibitors uh, that were completely all around. And that's everything from, you know, people selling uh, classic figures and packaging all the way to Funko had their booth and And, uh, and, Oculus. And and people making all sorts of crafts, t-shirts and and outfits and... And of course, of course, um, Ashley Eckstein's her universe was right. there, and um, and all sorts of um, 
other sets. They had the detention block set um, that the fans had built, and you could go and take take pictures and and um, videos with some of the uh, some of the creators and their uh, and the fun times that they had set up there. Which again, we've got some on our site, but we won't push it too much further. Right. But um, uh, among those uh, those booths and sets were um, were some of the Lucasfilm approved um, costumers, the the Five Hundred First Legion and the Rebel Legion, and um, these guys had some some really cool sets set up. They had the uh, bunker from Endor with some of their you know biker scouts there, ready to take photos, and just really. Really great guys. Um, if you don't know about the 501st, you need to look into it because these guys are incredible. They do a lot of great work. Yeah, and these were all volunteers. And, you know, they, they donate to charity. They donate their time. And, you know, it was we were referring to before in our cosplay part of this this podcast where, you know, we went in there and built things our own and, and did homegrown solutions and all that kind of stuff. These guys are movie quality Costumes. I mean, it's just you look at these people, and they some of them have the height to match their the the, the characters they're playing, yeah, like and the Darth Vader, the Darth Vader's, oh and gosh. like the uh, those uh, those sand troopers, or uh, you know uh, the Imperial officers. It, it you know and Rex. I mean, he's part of the Rebel Legion, yeah. but um, these people donated their time, built these sets, and likely paid for a lot of them out of their own pockets, putting them up at these celebrations and thousands and thousands and of course we're among them uh of fans streaming through to get pictures uh to on these sets and just have fun and have a cool experience and then not only are they volunteering to take the pictures for you with your device they're also in the set to play along with your uh you know life-size figurines i mean it's just it's such a great way to give back and you know you speak to them and they're in character and they have the 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 voice modulators built into the helmets that it sounds like you're in a movie. It's really, it's really awesome. Yeah, and 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 these guys do, like like Charles said, so much for charity. They do a lot of work for children and all. And um, it was really touching to see them uh, present a little girl who's you know is is uh, in failing health with um, the opportunity of a lifetime to to be part of that world. And it was just really really cool to see that and. Um, and they have also they're they're so legit that um, in the Mandalorian panel, um, I guess John Favreau was um, going through one of the scenes and and wasn't sure if they had enough extras for stormtroopers. And Dave Filoni happened to be there, who's who's very big on uh, uh, Rebels and the Clone Wars. And he said, I know where we can find some stormtroopers. And they called up the 501st and said, we need some stormtroopers. And they showed up and now they're, now they're screen accurate. Now they're screen used, <laughs> right. some of them. We didn't know what the scene they were talking about. They didn't describe what it was. They just showed us a picture of the set. Um, so we don't even know what it is. Uh, but uh, how they talked about them and how they put the call out and uh, the way they network the 501st that is uh is that they you know within hour within an hour apparently there was just dozens of these of these stormtroopers on a set somewhere in Los Angeles and they couldn't believe like the actors who were playing it couldn't believe the quality of these 
of these um, fans. Fans, yeah, and they apparently were great and professional and like were harder working than I think even one of them said they were harder working than the actors themselves. Yes. You know? yes. So it's great. And they didn't even have to direct them because yes. they 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 know the characters so well that action and they're ready to go. Yeah. They're in character, ready to rock. Yeah. So they're really cool. Yeah, they're they're really neat guys. So um, um, and gals. Yeah, of course, of gals, of course. Um, so after that, we you know um, we did do some celebs and some uh, autographs and everything. So it was uh, that was a really cool experience as well. And I'll relay a story about uh, Ashley that we had on uh, on Thursday evening after our. We have to set the scene. Okay, so <laughs> as you heard in that one, the first podcast with Sean and Mandy, we were in the Star Wars. Uh, store the official store preview day uh, we were in line to go to the store we had planned already to do this on Thursday that was our goal let's go to the store get out of the way go see what we can get so we don't have to worry about doing it especially in our cosplay we got in line at about eleven fifteen in the morning and we didn't get into the store until was it 6 30 uh, we were in line this entire entire time and of course we had Sean and Mandy who were absolutely fantastic and like we said before in the intro they were it, it made the time go by so fast we never stopped laughing it was really we had our own little four-person show going on for most of the entire time in there and making fun of people and which was well it was very entertaining to at least four people yes <laughs> and uh when i say making fun of people there was sort of one creepy guy who was hitting on mandy in a very awkward way and uh, we sort of circled the wagons on him very quickly. And uh, he very quickly turned his back and uh, never ma- paid attention to us after. Uh, so that was fun. Um, so we had, like I said, so we got in there at 630. We, we exited the store with our packages at about 715. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was, yeah. it was unfortunate, but they did a, a, some sort of merchandise update literally the day that they opened at 1 o'clock. Their systems went down. Then their cash registers weren't accepting any credit card payments. So unless you had cash uh, in that store for two hours, you couldn't buy anything. So it was was just a comedy of errors, unfortunately. And uh, from what we saw, every other day was just as long. Until today, it was actually pretty short. But... so we're glad we got rid of it. Uh, got that out of the way. Sorry, in the first, the but first. But then day. at that point, the uh, the exhibition hall was supposedly Be- closed. Yes, yeah, seven o'clock it closed. So we got out of the store, and you know we came sort of turned the corner and saw people still meandering about. Some people were still setting up their exhibits. This was still preview day. There was like still people doing going work was going on. So we walked into the exhibit area, the main hall. Sort of walked around and. Uh, just sort of get the lay of the land, see where things were, see how it was going to be tomorrow when everybody was going to start to get there. And uh, we passed the Star Wars uh, show live stage. And then right off to the side of that was uh, the Her- Universe booth. And Pat knows what uh, who a- Ashley Eckstein looks like. I, didn't, I knew she was short and blonde, but that's the, sort of the extent of my knowledge. But we turned the corner and walking and then Pat looks over at me and goes, that's Ashley Eckstein. Yeah, so um, I I had the forethought because I, I knew she was going to be there. And uh, my daughter has, has done some Ahsoka cosplay and, and, and really enjoys that character. And I wanted to, you know, she was unable to come with us. She's, she's in school. So you know, we favor her education, I guess. So um, she wasn't able to make it. But I had the foresight to um, take a photo of her in her 
cosplay or Ahsoka cosplay while doing the Jedi training at Disney World and and facing off against Darth Vader. And I had this great shot of her and Darth Vader. And um, I ended up blowing that up to an 8x10 and bringing that with. Just in the off chance, I'd, I'd get the opportunity to see Ashley. So I had it with me, fortunately. And um, so I walked up and there were about six or seven people in line speaking with her, taking selfies and, and things of that nature. So um, when it became my turn, I, I came up and and explained to her. I said, look, you know, my daughter loves your character and she's, she's been an inspiration for her for strength and, and just just a great role model. And I uh, showed her the photo and, um, you know, very very sort of meekly asked if, if she would be able to sign it for her and uh, gave her a, pen, a uh, Sharpie and it didn't work. <laughs> and I was, um, I was pretty bummed out, but she, without missing a beat, reached over, grabbed a marker from her desk and signed it and talked about how, how sweet my daughter must be and... Um, and just was really very caring and kind and just generous. A lot of the people working the booth were, were trying to close up. They were trying to get things, you know, all set up for the next day and close up shop. It was the end of a long day of setting up and, and selling and, and just being busy, busy all day. And um, she took the time well beyond closing to see everyone who was in the line to see her yeah i was off to the side um sort of right behind the booth just waiting for for pat to get the picture signed and um i could see the event staff like literally the the yellow shirted staff were circling because everyone was sort of getting out of the exhibit hall and here was ashley Eckstein at seven thirty now at, at night a uh, half hour after closing um with a lineup of about 10 or 12 people at this time, uh, sort of wanting to do photo shoots or like a quick picture and how inspirational she's been. And I could see with every person, beyond just with Pat, but with every person that she interacted with before and after, she was 100% gen genuine with every person. And, um, but she refused to sort of shut it down. I mean, the, the event staff guy was walking by me actually at one point. And he went on his inter on his uh, on his um, walkie talkie and said to someone, he goes, "Yes, uh, we still have about ten or twelve people here at Ashley Exxon. What am I supposed to do?" Okay, all right. So, and I didn't hear what the answer was, but I can only assume was stick around there because he did stay there, and essentially don't let anybody else get in line because it was meant to be closed. So he sort of stuck around, and uh, as soon as uh, Pat finished you know, with his signature with her, we we booked out of there. But the generosity was just so evident, and I saw literally saw her two people. One of the guy, the, the guy that was there was okay, but there was a female who was probably exhausted from a full day's worth of work, and she was sort of at wit's end with all of these quote unquote fans who were there. But Ashley Eckstein would have nothing out of it. She met every person and gave her one hundred percent genuine reaction to each person. It was really, it was really nice to see. <laughs> And uh, yeah, going on from that, I guess, to other celebrities, we, um, we ended up getting the opportunity to see um, James Arnold Taylor, 
who's the voice of Obi-Wan and Plo Koon, and, um, and probably another 150 voices you've heard and seen on TV that you don't know that he is. Um, he was a fantastic host for Star Wars Weekends when they used to do that at Disney. And, you know, just seeing him there and, and the energy he brought and the love he has for the franchise um, and, and what he did for the character of Obi-Wan in the shows... Uh, really was he was one of our top three that we wanted to make sure yeah. we saw yeah and we did it on um we saw we got a photo op with him on uh friday which was our, our jedi day so we had of course obi-wan and and qui-gon Jin with his photo op so we got the photo with him and uh, pat gave him his lightsaber he was very uh very appreciative <laughs> yes uh, he got to he got to hold it in the uh in the photo shoot and um i was just off to the side like of course all three of us got the picture and then we then we also got his autograph uh, on the next day, which was uh, Cad Bane and uh, Hondo Anaka, sort of a very very you know one eighty on the characters. Yes. yes. Um, and we, as we walked up to the table, he says, "Oh, I have a very bad feeling about these guys." <laughs> and we had said uh, just at the very end of the of the shoot of the of the photo op, we oh, we'll see you tomorrow. He goes, "Oh, good." So we sort of not that he was going to remember us specifically ever. Um, although we are best friends, um, um, to come up with us. And when we showed him the picture that we took, that's what we got him to sign was the picture that we just took with him the day before. Uh, he was quite amused that uh, our changing <laughs> character was quite impressed. Um, and then we also did, uh, Sam. Th- that's right. Sam Whitwer. Wow. He was cool as well. We, he of course is, uh, the I voice of, uh, oh. of, uh, of, uh, Maul. And several other characters and some big, uh, some other very big characters, but also in TV shows and everything yes. as well. And we did a photo op with him, and he's just a huge geek, uh, which is so cool. And uh, we were with him. We were the um, uh, Plo Koon and... Uh, no, no, we were uh, uh, Hondo and Kat. Oh, wow. Okay. And he loved it. Yeah. He just he geeked out for us yep. with us for a sec here. And then, um, yeah, and then... We had planned when we went in there. We planned what we were going to do. We tried to do it with all of them because we know that the time is short and some people don't quite get the, the gist of what's meant to happen. As you go in, you get a picture, you get out. And uh, because there's hundreds of people waiting to do the same thing you are. So we had planned ahead of time that we were going to uh, have Sam uh, uh, basically. Because he's just so much cooler than, than everyone. Yes. And so even though we were heavily armed, I had my two CAD pistols and Hondo had his pistol. Uh, all Sam needed was his uh, two finger, uh, finger finger guns, guns and he took us down. So uh, his reaction's great. You can see that on the website, by the way. <laughs> uh, we put that up as well. So that was great. We saw him. And then after him. So those were, those were two of our. Two of our three must-sees. Our third must-see was Mark Hamill, which he was not in attendance, which is fine. We'll <laughs> see him later. Everything, everything's fine here, now. How are you? How are you? <laughs> so, um, so, you know, we, we got the two that were there that we needed to see. And um, you know, shortly before the, um, the event took place, uh, my wife woke me up to get ready for work and uh, said... Um, I saw these uh, other photo ops go up for sale and I uh, wanted to get them for you. So we were able to get Donald Faison from Scrubs, who, um, again, another huge Star Wars fan. And uh, he gets to voice one of the characters in Star Wars Resistance. Uh, so that's his Star Wars link. So we got to see him and, and he was 
He was a boatload of fun. He just yeah. he was he was a cool dude. And then um, and of course after that we got to take a photo with Peter Mayhew. That was cool. The yeah. Chewbacca himself. Right. So um, so that was really really cool. We um, uh, Charles' idea um, shortly before leaving for the trip, I I have a. Ceremony Luke outfit from Yavin in episode four. And Charles said, oh, you got to bring it. We got to do the medal. Yeah. I said, okay. So, <laughs> so we brought that and, and, and brought Chewie his medal 40, 42 years later. Much to 3PO's, uh, 3PO's chagrin, of course. Yes. <laughs> and one note about Donald Faison is like I obviously knew him from Scrubs and other movies and everything. And I knew that he was a voice actor in uh, Resistance. And he'd also had a part in... Um, in uh, Robot Chicken and was <laughs> heavily involved in Robot Chicken, which is, of course, has a huge Star Wars side to it. But we had actually seen him the day before on the Star Wars stage, <laughs> a Star Wars show live stage. Uh, they were interviewing him and Bobby Moynihan uh, for their work in uh, Resistance. And it just amped up the excitement for me because just to see how how excited he was, he was, he was so we're and like, in the Star yeah, Wars, we're, we're yeah, in the literally Star Wars. prancing on prancing around like two ponies. Him and Bobby Moynihan, that we're we're in a Star Wars, not even a Star Wars show or a movie. We're in a Star. It was hilarious to see, but the the energy and the passion that they have, and how excited they were to be involved and be part of the the Star Wars story, made me more excited to see him and to to meet him which is really great so he was cool and again it was really quick and um we were uh that was today it was um both um uh peter mayhew and him were today uh, and uh you know of course he recognized this immediately as r2 and 3po so it was really quick but it was good it was it was fun yeah um so you know that kind of topped off our afternoon of course and then uh we stuck around for the closing ceremonies which were a recap of the entire weekend and had a lot of people emotional. They had a great sort of recap reel that um, Warwick had played. Warwick Davis was the host of the weekend, and uh, he did a great job as yeah. usual. And Who he, we saw, by the way. When we first oh, yes. Came in, we he saw stay, him he's staying in our hotel. That, so was, that, our, was, yeah, that was our celebrity encounter. Uh, we were about 25 feet away from him. And he had his whole family. Uh, we were walking in from actually getting groceries, right? Yeah, yeah right. Coming back yeah. from groceries, and, and and we stopped to, yeah. to let them. Yeah, to let them in. Good. And I saw we're coming up the walkway to the. It's like, oh my gosh! First of all, I thought, unfortunately, I thought they were the uh, big little people in a big world. I mean, I guess I was just sort of very unfortunately thinking that they were all the same people. But then I looked closer. I was like, oh my god, that's Warwick! And then, sure enough, we were walking through the lobby and across, and he had his whole family in tow, and he was going up to the ATM to take some money out. <laughs> and whenever you go to a Star Wars celebration, you got to yeah, hit that ATM. Yeah. Even Warwick knows it. So. He's got like three or four kids in tow yeah. as well, so he's a realist. In that and then case. today he was saying because they they released the trailer for the um, the oh that's right uh, Jedi Fallen Fallen uh, Jedi Fallen Order and. Um, so his son was at that panel, and, to, and today at the closing ceremony, he said, you know, my son was at the panel, and ever since, he's like, Dad, we got a pre-order, we got a pre-order. And so, yeah, so he had to hit that ATM, <laughs> absolutely. Um, but the, um, the closing ceremonies really were, uh, it's, it's, it's a bittersweet thing, because it, is, it's, it brings the end to um, this Star Wars celebration, but uh, then they announced the next... Uh, event next year 
and um, and just everybody kind of relishes in the in the remaining glow of the weekend and 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 all of the um, the memories that that we've made that we've seen the uh, interactions the interviews and all that kind of stuff that really just um, makes you makes you feel good to be to be in this fandom you see a lot of negativity online and you see a lot of uh, vitriol and just really hatred online within the fandom but then you come to an event like this and all of that stuff is left in the dust it's everybody's excited about everything and you know seeing the the customized Star Wars cars that people make and um, and I, like we talked about the sets and the cosplayers and the celebrities and just just uh, the panels and everything just brings everybody together and you know everyone existed in harmony and they all kind of uh, could relate to being Star Wars fans and it was really a, a very neat experience. Yeah, and you know, as soon as you pass through the through the main doors or the well, the security g- gates in this case, I guess every person in that in that environment had has a Star Wars story or a Star Wars piece of them. So you're, it doesn't matter how detailed, how like or how high view you have of a of of a of a knowledge or a love of the of the franchise whether it's a movie or a show or a character, it doesn't matter. Everywhere you turn, someone's going to have a positive spin on that because everyone's there for the same thing. And that was evident. I, I hope you guys saw that in some of the interviews that we did where you know there's so many different backgrounds and so many different likes and interests and, and places and all around the world, how these people come around like us from Florida or you know halfway around the world and people from Australia yeah. and Germany yeah. Yeah. one That's... of the uh, one of the interviewees from our um from our uh, closing ceremonies That's was right. from Germany. Germany That's right and it just it's it's people from all over the world that come with with one thing in common and and oftentimes find more and more in common Yeah So if you ever can experience a, a celebration somewhere whether it's close or far if you can make it work you know, start saving now for 2020 if you can, um, because it really is, uh, really is a unique experience. And even if you're not doing cosplay, there's so many things to see all the time where you can just drop in on places that you can, like the droid builders or the the yeah. podcast people or all these like all these different offshoots of what the main mm-hmm. floor has and things to look at and people are all, uh, stories. We we ran into. Um, the guy who uh, worked on uh, Yoda, remember? Like, oh yeah, it was just my God. Literally on the first on the set of Empire, he was one of the puppeteers for um, not puppeteers, sorry, one of like the sculptors yeah. or something of yeah. Yoda. And he and made the three. He made the three other puppets. Yeah, like he just and, made yeah, them. yeah. He made them. So they made the first mold, and they were going back and forth of what this should look like in all the different iterations. And like, I don't remember all of them now, but like some of them, like, my gosh, you think of what Yoda looks like yeah. now. And then all these other ideas that they had. And, and, uh, and this is not really a spoiler because you won't be able to find this anywhere. Cause this is a personal story from this guy, but he had said that they needed to have a face on the shape of Yoda with, they like the ears 
they didn't nail the face and they were looking at well who do we trust in the world right who's now at wise. The time? who's wise who's a, who's a, who's a recognizably wise face right and they were thinking Ga- gandhi, gandhi and albert einstein. einstein and they settled on albert einstein so if you look at albert einstein's face and his the shape of his eyes and the proportion to his mouth and the shape of his mouth not so much the nose but like those three pieces in a sort of an, an area and the white hair on his head yeah they went with Albert Einstein as the inspiration. And that's where we just happened to be walking by at the same time that another fan had, had spoken to – We had I didn't even know this guy was there. And this one of those little exhibitors, one of the little corner pieces, and he was just sitting there reading a book. And he was expounding on stories that you won't be able to read in a book. And it was absolutely – we just stood there stunned for about 10 minutes while he just went deeper and deeper into the story about how – um, Yoda and doing the wampas and on, and he took he took next to no credit for any of it. It was just like you know, this was part of the job. I did that, and then uh, once I was de- once I had nailed that, then I moved on to to going and doing the, the wampas. wampas. Yeah, it's like, yeah, and it was for him. Okay. It was a job, and his. You know, the guy that actually started the conversation asked him. He goes, "Well, did you do anything on set?" And he goes, "No, it was it was Frank Oz who was doing the puppeteering, and it was the." The a female who had, I think, as a liaison between, uh, between Lucasfilm the, the Muppets, and, and, and Muppets and Jim Henson. And, Jim Henson. and he says, I, once we had solved the first one, the first mold of Yoda, I went back and, like Pat said, he built the other three, which were the ones used in the film. <laughs> but he finished them, went to Pinewood, dropped them off as a delivery person, and went back to work. That was, but that's like the pivotal piece of, of his involvement in the story that was so important, but it's a small piece of that. And uh, that's how we really did feel about how our entire experience, we were such a small part of the 80,000 or so people who were here, but of our small part, it meant a lot. It was really cool. So there you have it. Uh, that pretty well sums up uh, everything yeah. that we um, um that we experienced in a very brief nutshell, right? But uh, it was a great time, as um, as I'm sure you can tell, right? And so, if for all the pictures and part of the other stories, we put up some other stuff. Great content on the conversations.com website. You can go take a look at the pictures, and uh, we even have a contact form there up now. We're getting so professional. Uh, you guys can drop us a line if you want there. And now we promise to get back on our regular schedule of podcasts. So. Please stick with us. With our tried and true uh, formula for episodes. Right. <laughs> All right. We'll speak to you guys soon. Whew, I've been farming and gathering moisture all day. It is a killer up there. Hey, Tank, you doing okay? You look thirsty. I am, Biggs. I'm pretty, pretty thirsty for sure. Huh. Oh, what do you got there? Funny you should ask. Dark Lighter's Blue Milk. Oh, can I have some? Sure. Oh, man, that hit the spot. Dark Lighter's Blue Milk. Evaporated on Tatooine. Bottled Mos Eisley. Available at the Cantina. Scum and Billy. Not included.